911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. And in today's episode, I wanted to talk about how expectations are really a double-ended sword. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. A few weeks back, I did an episode where I explained that when we hold expectations, it is really the biggest element of disappointment. Because when we have a certain scenario and we frame or tell ourselves the story of what the expectations or the outcome is going to be, and then it doesn't happen, then we get disappointed. And I explained different ways for us to be able to avoid that disappointment by withholding some of those expectations. But in today's episode, I thought that we could talk a little bit about the flip side of that and how sometimes not framing expectations for certain individuals can actually cause us a great deal of upset too. So this comes up for me because Clint and I are adding 1,500 square feet onto our house right now. It's this huge project. My dad owns his own construction company. Long story short, I'm building something to where it's its own space for my dad one day when he is ready to relinquish a bit of his independence. So it almost acts as like a studio apartment, but it's connected to my house and I have a handicapped bathroom in there. And in the meantime, it will be my new workout room. And we have a cathedral ceiling, which means it's a super, super tall ceiling. And my dad used a different engineer to architect the plans for us. And so this guy was super nice. He's come over to my house quite a few times and he's he's quite newer. So his clientele, he doesn't have too many, you know, in the, the Rolodex or in his files, which is fine. Um, my dad believes in supporting people and supporting small businesses. And he's always been that guy. And so the the drafter's name is Adam. And Adam had made a few mistakes on the plans, and it was one of those things where the plans go back and forth from Adam to the to the county and Adam to the county. And finally, when the plans were done, everything got started. And my dad ran into this problem because he's never seen this happen, nor has he seen it have been signed off by the county or the city and then still... Um, be a major problem that should have never been signed off in the first place. And I'll do my best to explain this, but when you have a cathedral ceiling, it's super, super tall and you have these rafters and in between the roof and the rafters, there needs to be space for you to have R91 or or some kind of insulation. And the way that these plans were set up, there's just no space to be able to squeeze anything inside um, inside of the space. And There's insulation that is essentially almost the thickness of plywood, but for our zone and for how tall this is, it's just not, it's not enough. And what I mean by that is there's a measurement of the sun rays that come down and that beat into your house and your insulation that insulates the roof into the inside of your house has to be able to prevent certain elements of or certain levels of exposure from the sun. And so the space is just not enough for what we need it for. And my dad had posed this concern to Adam. And instead of owning up to his mistake 
Adam tries throwing it in my dad's face that my dad should have caught the, the error. And mind you, my dad probably could have caught the error. However, when you get this far along on a project, especially my dad must have thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs my dad has done over the course of his career. It's not really customary for you to lay out all the plans, have somebody draft them, have them go through and get the stamp put on them from the county, and then to find a mistake like this. And so my dad didn't even think of it until it came time to actually, you know, it's like, it's like, um, when you build a model car and you have directions maybe, and you're going through the directions and now you're on step 92 and now you're realizing that, you know what, we don't have the actual parts for step 92. It's hard to see that at the onset when you just pop open that list of directions. And so Adam had explained to my dad how he's going to charge him and it turned into a big upset for my dad because my dad is one of those old school men and maybe hopefully you can relate to this too with one of your parents, but he believes in um, just the value of things as simple as a contract agreement being signed by a man-to-man handshake, for example. And in essence, Adam really is the one who is at fault for this. And fault number two would be my father for not having caught that mistake at the onset of things. And long story short, now my dad is going to have to pay Adam. Adam's going to have to submit the correction and go through all that fun stuff. But um, <clears throat> my dad, having been in the business for so long, he knows some of the walkarounds, I guess, with being able to continue work without necessarily having to pause things because there are, you know, screw ups like this on the plans. So that's what's happening. And I'm explaining this story. I swear I have a point here to just explain the fact that sometimes when we get ourselves engaged in situations like this, maybe there's a contract, maybe there's not, but a lot of the times there's some sort of exchange of energy. And what I mean by that, it's usually an exchange of money. You see, I believe that money is always just an exchange of value, exchange of energy. We don't necessarily think through the steps. And this really stems from the leadership qualities that we possess to be able to do this because it's not easy to see something like this from start to finish. But I'm going to encourage you as you listen to this to always try to find a way to kind of play out the scenarios from start to finish when you do decide to engage with somebody else and there's an element of expectation that exists. With Adam, the expectation was you charge me a certain amount. I pay you that certain amount. You do these plans. The plans are exactly what they need to be to be able to execute on this project. And what happened was that the expectations were not outlined in the sense that my dad didn't say to Adam that if there is an error on these plans, it is your responsibility, it is your company's responsibility to make sure that they're fixed. And had that type of conversation come up or had that type of element been in writing, um, I signed Adam's contract. I reviewed it and it's very vague. Again, he's very new at what he's doing. So these type of stipulations just aren't in there. And of course, we don't have the time to waste on a few hundred dollars to um, even want to consider doing anything legally or anything like that. But it really got me thinking of just how important it is for us to make sure that we are framing our expectations in a positive connotation for any type of transaction that we do with somebody else. 
And another example of this was I just purchased a new vehicle and they didn't have the special, there's like a special socket that's required to be able to take off your license plate. And it was on Memorial Day when we purchased it. And so the service department was closed and I have customized license plate Leo Warriors for my company. And so I don't ever put one on the front. I only ever put a license plate on the back. And this, this, um, the car salesman gave me his word that he would make sure that he mailed me my plate and the dealership is about two hours away. And so like leaving, he shook our hand and that was that. And long story short, like that was a pre-frame that was like, okay, I'm not leaving here until I know I'm going to get my license plate. And I suppose it's not really that big of a deal and how big or small it is really isn't the point, but that is an element of the pre-framing, which by the way, he didn't, um, he never did mail me my plate and is not returning any emails or phone calls either. So for me, that just goes to show the level of, um, just showing up and being a man of your word or not. And so what happens in a situation like that is I'll probably never return to that dealership again as a result of that. And that's unfortunate, right? When things like that happen. But I know that I didn't just leave my license plate there and didn't try to pre-frame anything before I left. I set the expectations around what I wanted to make happen and what I wanted to make sure happened before I even left that dealership. And I know how small that sounds, but sometimes those small things, they, they're cause for huge aggravation. And by him giving me his word, it gave me the security to be able to leave. And of course, we can't ever dictate whether or not somebody follows through on their word or those expectations, but it gave me a great sense of peace in knowing that I am the one who already created that framework around it. And I don't know, perhaps I'll decide to waste some of my time sending an email or something like that so that management knows, because I do believe it's important for anybody, when, especially when you're dealing with that kind of money, to make sure that you're being integrated, right? And you're standing by your word. So I would encourage you the next time that you are going forward, whether it is a contract or whether it is you creating any, any kind of negotiations, even if it's with one of your children or your spouse, to always make sure that you are setting the, fr the framework for the expectations so that there's no upset that sits on the back end of it. And if there is upset, it's more likely than not that you're going to be the one who is able to feel a little bit better about it because you were the one that already laid out exactly what you intended in the first place. So I hope that today is an amazing day for you and that you enjoy your tactical living.